Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to the Monday edition of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show, sponsored by Vivid Picks. I am your host, Josh Harris. As you're coming in, make sure to smash that like button. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. Helps us out. Bigly joining me on this Monday. We, we it's a rare Monday show. Slim Cliffy, how was your weekend? Uh, good, pretty good weekend. Um, you know, lots of stuff for me outside the outside the hockey arena that I was interested in. So, uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, interesting weekend of hockey, too. I mean, the Sweden games made for like all day sports pretty much. Like, um, Saturday, the game was on it. 11 a.m. Eastern, and then it was just games right until, you know, 1 o'clock in the morning or whatever. And then yesterday, the game was on at 8 a.m. Eastern, I think. Uh, Yeah, 8 a.m. Eastern, the Leafs. I got up – I mean, I'm up anyway. I have a four-month-old. But, like, I turned that game on and just – 8 a.m. hockey into NFL, into Sunday night hockey after giving myself a concussion on Saturday just just was not it. (laughs) I've watched that clip so many times. (laughs) I think think we're going to have to cut your caffeine intake uh, before Saturday shows uh, from now on. Uh, We'll see about that. Uh, But no, uh, good weekend. Uh, Pretty excited for tonight's slate. I don't know what it is. It's it's just the way the NHL schedule has been working out. Like the last couple weeks, seems like every time we've had a show, there's always been like three, four, five road teams that I've really, really liked. And, you know, you always worry about that because road teams tend to have lower scores than, than home teams. But, um, you know, you got Edmonton, Boston, Los Angeles, Colorado, all on the road tonight. And then Vancouver late night game uh, at home against San Jose. So pretty wide open slate, I think, as far as ownership is concerned, because you do have three high priced lines all in road matchups and then that smash matchup at home. So I think... It'll be interesting to see how ownership shakes down tonight. We'll definitely be talking about that as we go through the games. Yeah, there was a couple of surprising ownership spots I thought would be higher, I thought would be lower. So, yeah, like my initial read on this slate was a little bit off. I had to rewire. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Vancouver is a 4.1 total tonight, which we'll get to. That's obscene, absurd, whatever word you want to do. Uh, we should get into this slate before we do, though. If you didn't know, not yesterday, but the week before, Watch Gamers TV won a million dollars in the 555 NFL Million Maker. We're celebrating by making any Sims package off, $20 off to new customers. That ends tonight. 
Our data package now includes access to our SIM tools with support for Showdown, which is very, very nice. Build up to 10,000 lineups on Stochastic in 60 seconds with our contest generator. The base package allows you to build up to 500 lineups and export up to 20. The max package allows you to build up to 10,000 and unlimited exports. I built 69 lineups for the vibes last Monday night, uh, and then everyone got hurt. But I will be doing it again tonight. So make sure to click that link in the description below. Get the $20 off the Sims. Or you can go on to stochastic.com. It's a big banner at the top of the screen. You won't miss it. Let's uh, get into this plate. And we'll start with a little bit of a banger here. Boston Bruins with a 3.4 total. Heading into Tampa. The Lightning have a 3 total. I meant to go look because... David Pasternak got hurt at the end of the first, but then he came back. I would imagine he's in tonight. I didn't see anything otherwise. I like Boston one here. They're expensive. Like 22000 is really expensive, especially because you can't fit them with any Vancouver or anything like that, which makes sense. But I don't know. 22000 6.7% projected ownership. Huge top two stack percentage, not the highest, but right up there. They get a good power play matchup. Jonas Johansson's been bad. Pasternak has been incredible this season. That top line has looked very, very good. Yeah, like it's a not the not an elite five on five matchup on any stretch of the imagination, but it, bad goaltending, good power play spot. I think you know. And we'll talk about Colorado later. If you're spending up, you I guess like the you're going to be deciding between you know really expensive Boston, really expensive Colorado. You have Tampa, who's four hundred dollars less at home in this game. I think Boston one is my favorite of the alarms. Twenty one thousand more expensive tonight. Yeah, I also do like Boston one uh, so much so in fact that I wrote him up uh, for my picks article today. Free to read almost every day um, as long as there's hockey and there's more than one game. Uh, over at stochastic.com, just head on over to the NHL section. I mean, we, I think we talked about, we touched on Jonas Johansson on, on Saturday's show. For anybody that was, wasn't watching, like he's a goalie that uh, he's just bounced around the league. Like he's he's a guy that they can, that teams that desperately need a goalie can kind of plug in. And that's basically where Tampa is. Um, Andre Vasilevsky might be back sometime this week. Uh, doesn't look like it's going to be tonight. Um Jonas Johansson is actually off to a pretty good start in net for Tampa. He even posted back-to-back shutouts at one point. And then things have really fallen off uh, a lot uh, since he posted those back-to-back shutouts. Seven of his last eight games, he's given up at least four goals. Uh, the other game, he gave up two. And it was that game against Chicago where Chicago had, like, I think they had 14 shots in the game or something like that. And Jonas Johansson led in two goals on 14 shots or two goals on 16, whatever it was. Um, so he's definitely just kind of showing, you know, the guy that he is. Like I, I said it on Saturday, I was surprised that they didn't go to Matt Tompkins on Saturday. I guess you don't want him going up against McDavid. Like I can understand that. I'm wondering if the same thing might not apply tonight. Like if this were like 25 teams in the NHL, Tompkins would be starting, but they don't want him in against Boston. Like I kind of get that too, but you know, <laughs> Can't rely on, on on scoring five goals every single game to try to to try to eke out a win. So that's why I did write up Boston one. I mean, they're perfectly correlated on the power play. Like, you know, Tampa's penalty kill has generally been pretty good this year. 
it's just again Johansson is a problem in net for them and not in not in a good way he's not like oh he's a problem for the opposition it's like no he's a problem for Tampa Bay and it just gives him a really really good matchup like David Pasternak you know we've talked about it a couple times this season like we both kind of expected him to like not fall off the face of the earth but you know, not be like a 65 goal threat that he was last year. And it looks like he might actually be uh, exactly the same thing so far this season. Brad Marchand's been shooting the puck a little bit more. Um, Even Pavel Zaka has been shooting the puck a little bit more of late. So um, yeah, I, I, I do like Boston one because it's a pretty good matchup considering who they're facing in net. What I don't like about it is that Tampa Bay has been, uh, pretty consistent using Brandon Hagel on the top line the last, like, I want to say like four games. Um, and that top line is just a lot better defensively with him there. They're at two expected goals against 1.9 actual goals against per 60 minutes of five on five this season. Defensive numbers were a little bit worse last year. I, I wonder how much of that was Victor Hedman playing hurt and his defensive number sliding and all that. But um, either way, um, their defensive numbers have been really, really good. And um, I, I wonder if it's enough to stop Boston because, like, let's face it, if the Boston top line only gets, like, six shots on goal here tonight, they could still score on three of them against this goalie. Like, it, it, that would not shock me in the least. So it's kind of that balance between I don't think it's a very good five-on-five or power play matchup for Boston. I think it is a probably the best matchup against the goalie on the slate. So I do like Boston one. There are a lot of high price lines that you can go to here tonight. So it's not like, you know, you're missing out if you're not playing Boston one or something like that. You can go to Colorado. You can go to Edmonton. You can go to expensive Vancouver stack, power play stack or whatever. You can do the same thing in Dallas. Uh, You know, Los Angeles is cheaper, but you know, there are a lot of spend up spots to go. I just think it's a really, really good matchup considering just how poorly Jonas Johansson is playing right now. Like 869 save percentage over his last eight games. That would be a decent mark on the penalty kill. And he's doing that overall. Like, he's just not playing well. So I do like Boston 1 as well. Where it gets interesting for me is Boston 2. Um, Trent Frederick, I think he had two goals against – was it two goals against Montreal on Saturday? Two goals um, on two shots, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was a guy I slandered, which is why I say we should be making an all-slander team every single night. Raphael um, Harvey Pinard of Boston Bruins. <laughs> it's a good, that's a good comparison. Um, but that second line has been pretty good for Boston this year, just in general, 3.7 expected goals for 2.9 actual goals for, uh, 66 shot attempts per 60 minutes. You get James Van Riemsdyk on the top power play unit. And the reason I kind of like them is Tampa Bay looks like they're going back to Anthony Sorelli centering Steven Stamkos or Stamkos centering Sorelli. However, that's going to work out on the second line or even Nick Paul, I guess they're all three are centers technically. Um, Sorelli and Stamkos have just have not been together good together for a long time now. Um, this year, you're looking at 4.8 expected goals against 85 shot attempts against per 60 minutes of five on five. That's literally like a low grade penalty kill. Um, the defensive numbers were better last year, but still 3.2 expected goals against in a huge in a much much larger sample last year, and that's a mark that's. worse than the league average, like just not a good defensive line. I don't know, like Boston two is coming in over owned. I'll bring up top stacks real quick on DraftKings, 0.7% top two stack, 2% ownership. Again, I think it's a fine spot to go for like a two man, two man coil, 
Van Riemsdyk, Coyle Frederick, something like that. I think it's not a bad matchup, especially when you consider who they're shooting on. So I do like Boston's entire top six. I kind of like that second line two man uh, a little bit here tonight. On the Tampa Bay side, like, I really, really do like the Tampa top line. Don't get me wrong. Uh, the Boston top line has not been that great defensively. What they are getting is great goaltending. It's kind of, it's it's basically the, op, like, the, each top line has opposite problems. Tampa's top line is playing pretty well defensively. They're just getting awful goaltending. The Boston top line isn't really playing that great defensively. They're tr- they're kind of trading chances. They're doing what what Pittsburgh does with the Crosby line is they're trading chances a lot, but they're getting 962 safe percentage behind them at five on five. Like what do you what do you do when you're up against that? Um, so I do kind of like Tampa one here tonight. I just don't think it's a particularly good matchup for them with the way Boston's um, goaltending has gone so far this year. So I'd be more inclined to stack them in a like definitely in a 20 max 150 max um type of format uh tampa three is kind of interesting uh, like anytime michael essamont's on the third line with 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 Jeannot or you know even when sorelli was down there or whomever i i don't mind a two-man out of there if you're playing like expensive colorado or expensive edmonton or something like that you're probably gonna have to dip down to some of these guys somewhere and Jano and Essamont really haven't been that bad together so far this year. So I don't mind that as like a little two-man on the Tampa side. I think I like the Tampa depth uh, better than the Tampa top guys. Um, I do like Boston one, but it's more a function of who they're facing in net, not necessarily that it's a good matchup for them. Yeah, but by the function of who they're facing, it makes it a good matchup. You know what I mean? So like, but also if you're, if you're like, going to jam a Vancouver power play stack, you're going to be dumpster diving. It is expensive if you can fit it. You know what I mean? So like you're going to need a Tampa three, you're going to need cheap guys on Seattle. You're going to need, you know, Martin Pospisil guys like that. You know what I mean? Like that are really, really cheap. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, um, unless you're playing on FanDuel and then sorry, you can't play Martin Pospisil tonight. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Well, not until Christmas next year. Let's go all oh, back-to-back bangers. Edmonton Oilers with a three total heading into Florida. The Panthers have a 3.5 total. Calvin Picard starting for the Oilers tonight. Uh, Alexander Barkov out for the Panthers. Anton Lundell is going to move up to the top line center. Second line. Uh, the top line is Reinhardt for Hagee, Lundell. Second line, Kachuk, Bennett, Evan Rodriguez. Edmonton stuck sticking with McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, Connor Brown, Leon Dreisaitl, Zach Hyman, Evander Kane. Surprise, surprise, Leon Dreisaitl and Evander Kane are not working. Never has, never will. I Just, mean, didn't, didn't, I mean, Kane had a hat trick like a few games ago. It was a natural hat trick in like a minute 37. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's kind of the funny part. I, I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit later, but it is Evander Kane's shot metrics are actually fine this year uh his playmaking metrics are just like non-existent now i'll get to that in a minute yeah but like the the point i was making like Mc, or dry saddle away from mcdavid is a completely different player and i understand i guess in the coach's brain why they want to do it they want to lengthen the lineup but like if you look at the uh, if you go to like natural stat trick wherever you look at your advanced stats you look at the with and without dry saddle with mcdavid dry saddle without mcdavid it is stark so, like, I don't know, man. Like, they're trying to make it work, but eventually they're going to end up together. No matter who the coach is, it always ends up together. That being said, like, I'm not really sure what I want to do with this Edmonton team, right? 
Like, I don't want to play dry saddle Hyman Kane at 20,900 without McDavid. That just feels awful. Do I want to play McDavid with, with Connor Brown and Nugent Hopkins without, you know, like dry saddle for that power play? I, I don't know. So, like, maybe, like, there's, there's just not, there's not a ton of ownership here. So, I think even like one offing McDavid is fine, one offing dry saddle. It's fine. It's just, you know, like people are speculating that McDavid's hurt. He has 13 points in 14 games, the worst stretch of his season. Like, yeah, speculating is a dangerous game because McDavid could come out and have 31 points in the next 14 games and no one will remember the last 13 games. You know what I mean? So, like, this is a good matchup. There's not a lot of ownership here. So, like, I I really don't mind one-offing McDavid doing a power play stack for Edmonton. The Florida side for me is more interesting, and I want to get your thoughts there because – like this is a good power play spot, but without Barkov and they're going three forwards, two defensemen on the top power play unit, it worries me if they lose the zone, who's going to regain it. And maybe I'm just overthinking it, but Barkov's the guy who usually brings into the zone without problems. And now you have Arvo ekman Larson, Brandon Montour, Matt Kachuk, Carter Verhage, and Sam Reinhardt. Maybe it's Reinhardt, maybe it's Verhage, but they're not to the same, you know, enter the zone level as Barkov. So I do have a little bit of concerns there. But from a five-on-five five match standpoint, I, I kind of dig this top line, even with without Barkov there, with Lundell there. They're getting a little bit over-owned. So I want to get your thoughts on Florida as a whole. But I, I like both sides of this game. Yeah, um, I do too. It's a little bit of a problem. Um the injury, the injury thing on McDavid is a little bit interesting. I'm going to bring up the NHL's official site. They do, they brought these player tracking metrics in this year. I don't think they're overly useful. But one thing I do think they're useful for is like, if there's drastic changes in like skating speed, skating burst, that type of thing, that might show that maybe a player's playing through an injury. It's something we talked about with Mitch Marner maybe like a month ago now at this point, three weeks ago or whatever it was. You look at McDavid's comparisons over the last two years, the only thing that has dropped off is his goals and his shooting percentage. Like everything else is basically identical to last year. So I wouldn't have a hard time accepting that he is playing injured. But when you're looking at his shot rate, like his shot rate is down, but it's basically what it was like a few years ago. It's not like a career low or anything like that. Um, And it's not even down that much from last year. Uh, So that plus, you know, his skating, like, it just makes me think like, even if he is playing injured, it, 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 I don't think it's enough where it should be keeping him to this level of performance. Um, I still think like, you know, a tough start got, then he got injured, missed a couple of games. Maybe it's just taking him some time to get going. I don't really like his line mates either. Like, let's be honest here. Like I I think Ryan Nugent Hopkins is probably one of the most overrated players in the NHL. Like I, th- th- he just doesn't really do a whole lot outside the power play. Like, I'm sorry. He yeah, just, season last year was insane, but it was like 68% power play points. Right. And you know, you don't, you hate slandering a guy that has a hundred point season. I feel like we should be definitely be putting R and H on the, on the slander team here tonight. Uh, but I was looking at some of his playmaking metrics to start this season and they're pathetic, like well below average uh, from all three zones tracking. Um He's not the only one, by the way, like uh, I alluded to it earlier, but Evander Kane and Dylan Holloway also with terrible playmaking metrics, like 
if there's a reason why nobody in Edmonton scoring a five on five, it's it's because apparently they have like two, maybe three forwards that can actually pass the puck. Um, and McDavid and, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, like not very great defensively in their minutes so far this season, still a small sample, about league average by shot attempts against well below average by expected goals against, but McDavid has 34 shot attempts in his last five games. That's almost seven per game. If you average that out to a 60 minute span, like he's at like 18, 19 shot attempts for 60 minutes over his last five games, which like, that's pretty good. And RNH has eight shot attempts over his last five games. Like, you know what I mean? Like he just doesn't really do anything. Connor Brown's kind of the same thing. It's like, what are you getting paid to do here? I get some cardio. Uh, what sucks is that going into Florida has actually been a pretty bad matchup for teams this year, but a lot of it has been because of Alexander Barakov. And it's a note that I make uh, in my picks article, a lot of their success on the penalty kill this, this year specifically has come because of Alexander Barakov's penalty killing. Like what was shot attempts against by far, like 10% fewer shots with him on the ice uh, on the penalty kill than any other team or any other forward. Sorry. So like, a lot of their success has been because of Barkov, and now he's out. And the point you make about Barkov, like being able to carry the puck up five on five, I'll accentuate that with there's no one that can replicate what he does defensively on this team. No, no forward, no, no defense, or no, certainly no center, and probably no winger outside of Matt Kachuk. And that is a pretty big problem because their top line is going to be a lot weaker defensively without him there. The penalty kill is going to be a lot weaker defensively without him there. And you have Edmonton coming in and, you know, for all the slandering, maybe all the rifle slandering we do for the Oilers, they scored four goals in four straight games. And, you know, Seattle Islanders, Seattle, Tampa Bay, like those are some decent defense, either good defensive teams or teams with good goalies. Maybe they're starting to heat up a little bit. So, like I'm starting to come on board a little bit more with, um, you know, Edmonton power play guys. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not like, if you guys want to go out and play Connor Brown tonight, like go, go ahead and fill your boots. I'm not playing Connor Brown. Like it's anyways, um, Edmonton's top line, as I mentioned, leaky defensively, but also creating a lot offensively 74 shot attempts per 60 minutes of five on five, 3.8 expected goals. They just haven't been, been able to finish, you know, Slandering the dry side of line is perfectly fine by me. Um, I'll never not get behind that. They are bad defensively. They have been, they have been creating offensively, though, 3.1 expected goals um, for uh, Kane and, and dry together this year without McDavid. So, you know, they are starting to come around a little bit. Um, if I were to do anything, it would probably be like a dry sidle Hyman McDavid you know, McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, Hyman. I don't think you necessarily have to play both McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl here. I think you can just pick one and then go grab two of the other forwards and then be on your way. But, you know, I, I do think Florida's penalty kill is going to take a step back without Barkov. Edmonton's power play is still, you know, for all of Edmonton's problems, their power play is still really, really, really good. Um, Florida doesn't take a lot of power uh, penalties, but, you know, Edmonton is pretty good at drawing power play opportunities. So, um, I am on the Edmonton power play guys here. The the better question I think with Florida is what, what like which line to go towards. 
I I had high hopes for Anton Landell this year. I thought this year would kind of be like his breakout year. Like he was really good a couple of years ago. Didn't have a good year last year. I thought he would kind of take a step forward this year. He really hasn't. Like tonight is one of those like prove it nights. I guess you could say to the coaching staff, like, yes, I can be a top six center. Um, you know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I, I definitely have my doubts. You know, Verhage and Reinhardt, two pretty good wingers. But without Barkov as a cent- as their center, like using literally any other center except for Barkov, whether it was Sam Bennett or Lusterinen or even Londell, going back to last year, 2.2 expected goals, 2.1 actual goals per 60 minutes. I'm out on Florida one. I'm in on Florida two. I know Kachuk has had some trouble scoring. I even mentioned that in the picks article. 20 shots on the power play this year for Kachuk and zero goals. You got to think that's going to regress positively uh, pretty, pretty uh, well. Now, Kachuk might end up being the only guy on his line on the top power play unit. That kind of sucks because Edmonton does take a lot of penalties. They're at 3.9 times shorthanded per game this year. I agree with you. I don't think the Florida power play is going to be very good without Barkov or as sorry, as good as it could be. Um, but I still like Kachuk Bennett Rodriguez. Um, I think I, I, I probably prefer just one offing Matt Kachuk here tonight, but I think Florida two going up against a, a pretty weak defensive dry side line going up against an Edmonton power penalty kill that takes a lot of penalties um, should get Matt Kachuk on the power play a fair bit here tonight. I like Florida two's matchup and I, I, you know, I like the, I like the Edmonton power play guys. I just, I'm, I'm having a hard time trying to, you know, fit in either, you know, Connor Brown or Vander Kane in a stack or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's always the Edmonton power play guys, even when it was like, um, Yamamoto, like whoever was up there, you know what I mean? Like last year, it doesn't matter. You just play the power play guys and, like that that essentially makes Nugent Hopkins a pretty good play tonight. But like if I'm gonna do something on Oilers tonight, I think I'll probably just stick to like McDavid Bouchard. You know what I mean? Just two man those guys, go about my day. If they burn me five on five, I'll the sun will rise tomorrow. There'll be no hockey. I'll shed a tear and I'll come back on Wednesday and do it again. Let's go from a seven total to a five and a half, and we like the game. Shocker. We always end up liking the five and a half totals. I don't know what it is, but let's talk about it. The New York Rangers did a 2.6 total heading into Dallas. The Stars have a 2.9 total. Uh, Scott Wedgwood starting for uh, Dallas tonight. It's Igor Shesterkin for the Rangers. <sighs> Couple of notes here. The Rangers' top line still sucks. Um, that's not really a note. That's just an evergreen for the past seven years. They cannot score five on five. It's just what it is. There's no ownership there. So if you want a power play stack in MME, go for it. My interest here on the Rangers side is Panarin, Trocek, Lafreniere. There's, they're a little under 18K on DraftKings, which is a fair price. They have positive leverage, and they're going to see a fair bit of the Wyatt Johnson, Jamie Ben, uh, Dodonoff line. And that line has been leaky defensively this season for whatever reason. So I do like this Rangers second line. I do consider them in play in one to three. The Dallas side is where it gets a bit more spicy because our boys, Duchesne, Sagan, and Marchman are on the slate. 12,400, I think they're a good filler line going up against the depth of the Rangers. Like, you can you can say what you want about Benino, Kako, Cooley, 
<laughs> that's just not a very good defensive line. Barclay, Goodrow, Tyler Pick, Pitlick, Jimmy VC, whatever. Like this line against bottom six matchups against almost any team is in play for me. What's interesting to me, and I think this is where your interest lies as well, is Dallas one. They're 19,300. They're coming in with under 3% projected ownership. I don't recommend making a living stacking against Igor Shesterkin, but where you do, where you can is on the power play. He's been shaky on the power play the last season and a half. The problem is the Rangers don't take a ton of penalties, so I don't know if I'll get to there in one to three, but man, they are a sneaky GPP play target in MME tonight, I think. Oh God, not again. Um, so we did we did our proper Joe Joe Pavelski slander on Saturday and he scored. It, <laughs> he scored, but he scored on the power play. And you know, we said specifically like he's probably still a really good power play option, so leave him on the top power play unit. Um, he had a 12% expected goal share in that game against Colorado. They that top line got absolutely steamrolled, ran out of their building at five on five by Colorado. Now, yeah, I mean, it's Colorado. I, I certainly wouldn't put the Zibanejad line anywhere near the McKinnon line in, in terms of five on five play. So things shouldn't get that bad again. Um, but just to kind of highlight for anybody that missed the show on Saturday, what we were talking about over Dallas's last 12 games. So, you know, we're talking a fairly sizable sample now. We're talking about like what, 15% of the season, give or take. Yeah. Uh, 2.2 expected goals for 2.3 against. They're getting outplayed over a 12 game sample now. 2.9 actual goals for, which is like, it's okay. It's above average, but like, it's over a full goal lower where we would expect them to be when you look at their prior two seasons. 4.3 actual goals against. They're getting, they're getting lit up. And it makes me wonder just how much longer they can they can actually go like this because you know one thing I was I was I forget if I was telling talking to you on Saturday or somebody else about it, but this team is being carried by their third line right now and yeah. have been for a few weeks I guess like their third line plus plus Ottinger like the games where Ottinger doesn't get blown up he can he's he's winning them games it's. <laughs> It's the Matt. Du- it's the Mason Marchment, Tyler Saget, uh, Matt Duchesne line that is literally carrying this Dallas team. In fact, uh, I was looking at um, the numbers early, uh, a little bit earlier. Tyler Sagan has been on the ice for more Dallas goals this year than any other player, and he's not on the top power play unit. That should tell you just how badly things are going for the Dallas top line. All that said, two to three percent ownership at home. We know how good this line was for like two and a half years, basically. Um, maybe it's just like a three or four week stumble. What I don't like about it is that they're not generating. Like I wouldn't if if their defensive numbers had fallen off, like Tampa Bay's top line had until they put Hagel back. I would say, you know, okay, fine. Like, you know, defensive numbers fall off. They're still generating. They're not generating. That's the problem is that they're not creating any offense and they're losing on the defensive end. But at 3% ownership, like I'm not saying, I'm I'm not saying I'm, I'm playing them. Like they're not even one of my favorite lines here tonight. It's just really hard to pass up that kind of ownership 
for a line that we've seen, you know, as recently as like eight months ago, just absolutely nuke teams off the face of the planet. You know what I mean? So I do have some interest in Dallas one, but I, I all I can think of is our boss, Jake Harry sings like, just say, just saying, play the good lines. <laughs> you know what I mean? And right now Dallas one is not one of their good lines. So I, I think I'm kind of in, we'll call it Dallas. We're calling it Dallas two. Now they used to be Dallas three. Uh, Duchesne, Sagan, and Marchment, you know, you were talking about their numbers uh, this year. They've been really, really good. I even wrote them up uh, for the picks article. They're flirting with uh, four expected goals, four, 5.6 actual goals, four per 60 minutes. Like they're putting up the numbers you would expect from Dallas one, uh, basically at five on five. And, you know, splitting the power play time a little bit more. So there is power play time to go around for that line. They were all on the second power play unit together uh, in the last game. Um, so, you know, maybe there's uh, some upside to them, uh, even on the power play. And you were talking about Shesterkin struggling on the penalty kill, and he definitely has. Uh, so I really do like that Sagan line here again tonight. It's one of those things, it's like, it, it feels like it's worth playing them until they don't, until they stop generating the way they are, right? Um, they're just generating like an elite first line. <laughs> and, you know, they're getting, and they're getting second line minutes now. You talk about how the Johnston and Ben line is struggling. They're getting more minutes of, at even strength than that line is. Um, I'm wondering how long it's going to be until they're getting more than the hints Robertson line, because they are, they are, they've been Dallas's best line for probably a month now. Um, you know, and not just offensively, defensively as well. So I, I really do like the Sagan line from Dallas on the Rangers side. I agree with you. It is that Rangers second line. It's it again, Play the good lines. It's the one line that is creating. Whether it's been Kako or whether it's been uh, Wheeler, the top line is just not scoring a five-on-five. Mika Zibanejad has been on the ice for five goals at five-on-five this year. We're like six weeks into the season. You know what I mean? Things are not going well for that for that line at five-on-five. And I was looking at their shot map. The reason why is because all the shots that they're taking are coming from about four feet outside the face-off dot. Like he's basically – like Zibanejad is taking shots like he was a defenseman. You can't, you can't do that. Like, just go ask, go look at Buffalo and Tage Thompson. Tage Thompson, the Buffalo top line with Tage Thompson's doing has, well, did the basically the exact same thing until Thompson got hurt. They weren't scoring. Like, you can't shoot from 50 feet. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I don't know. Like, I don't know what's so hard to figure out about that. You can't shoot from 45, 50 feet and expect to score with any kind of regularity at the NHL level. Like, it just doesn't happen. So until he changed their approach at five on five, like I'm out on Rangers one, Rangers two is just generating a lot of really good offense though. 2.9 expected goals with Vincent Trocek there, 84 shot attempts for 60 minutes. Panarin. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I know we talk about how he's shooting more. He's literally top five in the league in shot shot attempts per minute. Like, this is a guy that's never been anywhere as close to that. Um, Trocek is on the top power play unit as well. Uh, I re- I do like Rangers, too, in this matchup, especially with Scott Wedgwood and Nets starting for Dallas. So uh, Dallas, I guess Dallas, too, um, as they're listed now in our top stacks tool, the Sagan line and the Panera line from, from uh, the Rangers. That's what I like here tonight. Yeah, I mean, Sagan... Duchesne, they're playing 17, 18 minutes a night, and they're 12,400 for the full line. Like, they haven't gotten more expensive in the past three weeks. Oh, man. And then, you know, Mika Zivanejad just acts like it's a power play when it's not. He does the same thing on the power play. He does it even strength. He'll skate into the zone, sit at the dot, and fire off a wrist, uh, fire off a slap shot, but the difference is there's an extra person there to block it. Uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, just for your sanity, I hope that they change up their approach a little bit at five on five, but we'll see. Well, they could use Pavel Buchnevich, but you know, congrats, Christian. That's neither here nor there. If you, uh, if you like the hockeys, then I don't know why you wouldn't, and you want to take your game to the next level and you want to go premium, click the link in the description box below to get access to the best NHL data and tools in the industry, get player and ownership projections. Top stacks, tools, line combinations, and the Discord. Discord been a bit crazy the past few days. It gets a little wild from time to time, but there's a lot of a lot of winners in there. Lots of people willing to help. Uh, yeah, so click the link in the description box below. You can get weekly. You can get monthly. You can add Fantasy Cruncher. You can not add Fantasy Cruncher. Uh, you get the tools that we show on the show that Cliffy's showing now. And as always, Cliffy's article will be free. This show will be free. But if you want to take your game to the next level, smash that link in the description below. And Discord say you came from the show. Clayton will give you the rules. Let's move on to the next one. Colorado Avalanche with a 3.6 total heading into Nashville. The Predators have a 2.9. Now, this, this one, I was a bit surprised at the ownership considering that Vancouver's on the slate with a 4.1, that Colorado 1 is coming in with this much ownership at 23,700. Maybe it's not that maybe it's not that big of a surprise because they're pretty bad on the penalty kill. It's not the best 5 on 5 matchup though. Like that O'Reilly Forsberg Nyquist line has been very good. The problem is like I talked about on Saturday like McKinnon lines are matchup proof. They ran Dallas one out of the building like you said. Like O'Reilly's offensive numbers are still good. He has he's not the defensive center he was three four years ago. So like it's it's a fine five on five matchup and a very good power play matchup. But I don't know. I was a bit surprised at the ownership. Maybe I shouldn't be, but I, I do really like Colorado one. Nashville one's interesting. They're coming in right at their top two stack percentage projected at nine percent. Like, this is not a very good matchup. Like, maybe I, I'll dip down to Nashville 2 here. But, like, I just don't like these lines. So, I think it's a Colorado 1 game for me. 
Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I wrote up Nathan McKinnon in the picks article. Like, I agree with you on Colorado one. Like, I wrote up Nathan McKinnon in the picks article. Um, they were hoping to back off his minutes this year. And then, you know, injuries happen and you're back to 22 minutes a game. Sorry, man. <laughs> like, nothing we can do about that. Uh, but the top line has been really good defensively um, since they had to move Nachushkin up after those injuries. Two expected goals against per 60 minutes. Five on five, Nachushkin averaging never nearly seven shot attempts per game over his last four games. So he's getting pretty involved at both ends of the ice. Um, Nashville's top line has been pretty good defensively. 2.4 expected goals against per 60 minutes of five on five, but Nyquist there. So it's not really a great matchup. But like th those defensive numbers, as you just mentioned, and as I mentioned back in the Dallas game, those defensive numbers are basically in line with the Dallas top line. And the Dallas top line got absolutely like just, you know, Bart Simpson choked on Saturday by this Colorado team. And it just shows like Colorado can kind of do that to anybody. Um, I do really, I do like Colorado one here tonight, but it's more for the power play. Um, Nashville's penalty kill has really, really struggled so far this year. It's easily been a top 10 penalty or bottom 10, uh, sorry, penalty kill uh, in the league. Um, Colorado's power play shot attempts and shots on goal are down a bit without Arturi Lekanen, but it's one of those like, even if their shots go down like five to 10% without Lekanen, there's just so much talent elsewhere that it doesn't really bother me all that much. Um, perfectly correlated top line. I do like Colorado one. The problem is, is like they are getting a, quite a bit of ownership. Um, it was surprising. Like, yeah. am I wrong there? <laughs> 17.3%. I don't think you're wrong, but I think it's just a function of everything else, right? Like Boston going into Tampa, you know, people are going to be less inclined to play Boston in that matchup. Um, you know, Edmonton with their broken lines, um, you know, it broken in more ways than one. Um, Dallas uh, at home. Dallas is just a, you know, they have a broken top line. Not that they don't have power play correlation. They're just broken players. Um, so like, I kind of get the ownership. It's just really, really high. That's why I recommended Boston in my picks article. It's like, I'd rather play Boston one at a third of the ownership. You know what I mean? That's just kind of the way that, that I look at it. Like, absolutely no, like, obviously like Nathan McKinnon, like cash games, perfectly fine. Um, you know, if you, if you just wanted like two man, two of the guys or something like that, like, that's fine. Like no issues playing Colorado tonight for any reason other than I think they're coming in with a little bit too much ownership. That's literally it. So if everything else you think lines up well, like go ahead and play them. There's really no reason, like no real reason not to. What interests me more, a little bit more is the Colorado. I mean, I guess they're technically the third line. Colton. The, yeah. The Colton uh, O'Connor wood line. They've been really good since Logan O'Connor got there. 95 shot attempts for 60 minutes, 4.4 expected goals for 60 minutes at five on five. Like Logan O'Connor's really helps kind of stabilize that line and honestly give them that second line that they needed with all those winger injuries and Ryan Johansson, frankly, not playing well at all. Um, it, <laughs> yeah. In Colorado. So um Ross Colton, Miles Wood over the last two weeks are first and second on the team in shot attempts per 60 minutes, like ahead of McKinnon. Um, they've been getting more ice time of late. They are basically the second line at even strength now. They're going to get much softer matchups against the second and third lines from Nashville. Like if you want to just like they're going to come in over owned 
And I don't think you have to three man stack. I think you can do like a two man of like Colton O'Connor or something like that, or Colton Wood or whatever. But I think that Colorado third line is another one of those fillery type lines that you can use with expensive Tampa Bay, with expensive Boston, with an expensive Edmonton stack, with an expensive, you know, Vancouver power play stack, with those super expensive stacks. I think Colorado three uh, is at very at the very least like a two manable uh, stack here tonight. On the Nashville side, I, I think it's got to be Nashville winner bust. You know what I mean? I, and I don't think it's a particularly good matchup. Colorado does take a lot of penalties. They're up four times shorthanded per game. Um, but they are they do have a pretty good penalty kill besides that. And, you know, Nashville's top line coming in at like 9%, 10%. I think there are just other spots on the slate with like 8 9 10% old lines that I would rather play. So no issue playing Nashville one here. Um, I just think I'd be more inclined to like maybe like one off Philip Forsberg, even Cody Glass uh, down on the second line playing on the top power play unit, like one offing him uh, or, you know, on the Colorado side going to that Ross Colton line. Like I, I, I kind of like the depth guys in this game a little bit more, which that always scares me. Well, like the reason I was shocked that Colorado won so high, I finally thought about it, like, and put it into words, not just like, babbling on about nonsense is if you try to power play stack the Canucks, you do like Pedersen, Miller, Besser, right? It's about the same price as Colorado won. So like I thought there was going to be a lot more ownership on Vancouver and I, it, maybe it comes up during the day and we'll get to that game there. And that, and that's why initially I was like, Oh, Colorado one's going to be overlooked tonight. Wrong. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, let's get to another game that I like with not a lot of ownership. Los Angeles Kings with a 3.5 total. Heading into Arizona, the Coyotes have a 3 total. Man, the Kings ran over the Blues in the first period on Saturday, which kind of ruined it for DFS because that game was over before the end of the first period. But, man, did that L.A. top line look good. Fully correlated, and they're not getting a lot of ownership. There's 16,900. Yeah, Josh's boy, Adrian Kempe. Yeah, he's my Habibi. He definitely is my Habibi. But he's expensive tonight. But I don't know. It's a really good matchup with no ownership. 3.2% projected. Like, yeah, the Arizona top line is fine with Boyd there. But, like, the issue is Arizona takes an immense amount of penalties. And that top line is fully correlated. Now, if you want to go to the second line, I think that is perfectly fine too because they're in a very, very good five-on-five matchup. And you get Fiala on the top power play. You get more in Deneau on the second power play. I really like the Kings here tonight. On the Arizona side, (laughs) Kings are a wagon, man. Like They're more of an MME play for me. Yeah, I won't spend a lot of time on Arizona because I'm not super excited about playing them here tonight. But what I will say is that in their game, in their, like they lost on Saturday. In that game, the last three or four shifts, they moved Alex Kerfoot to the top line and like pushed Travis Boyd back down the lineup. I think that makes more sense. Six of one, I mean, half a dozen of the other. I think Kerfoot's a better player than Travis Boyd at this point. Like, <laughs> I, yeah. Um, at, the, at the very least, Kerfoot's a good defensive player, right? So, you know, he might not bring a lot in the DFS game, but at least he's not a, like he's a, a decent defensive player. But why that's interesting is that makes the top power play unit fully correlated in that in that instance, right? Um, so Kerfoot 
Schmaltz, Keller could be the top line for Arizona here tonight. I think that would make them passable defensively, definitely a lot better than defensively than with Boyd there. And it would make it a little bit of a tougher matchup with Los Angeles, but um, I'm not, I'm not playing Arizona one here tonight. Like I, I just, I just, this just doesn't seem the night for what I will say is that Phoenix Copley is starting for the Kings. And there's like, there's a reason why Cantal has been starting just about every game for the Kings for a month now. It's because Phoenix Copley is just not both good this year. So like, yeah, like I don't have a ton of interest in Arizona, but Alex Kerfoot's only 2,700. <laughs> like that's not a lot. Um, Keller's down to 6,700. Schmaltz at, at 5K um, on DraftKings. So you can stack the line for what, 14,400? A perfectly correlated top line at home with a three total, which is higher than the Nashville team we just talked about, which is the same total as Tampa Bay which is the same total um, as Edmonton, perfectly correlated at home for 14400 And if it is Kerfoot there, it's probably going to be a pretty low-owned combination. So I think I'm with you. I'd be more inclined in an MME. But people should keep that line in mind. And just know that we're, we don't have confirmation on Kerfoot playing there. He was just there for the last handful of shifts at the end of last game. We never get Arizona updates at all. Well, I shouldn't say at all, like almost never get Arizona updates. So like we will find out until warm up. And even then we might not know in warm up. So, you know, good luck. Um, it is the Los Angeles side I'm more interested in. It's a loss. Like I wrote up Kevin Fiala in the picks article, mainly because um, it's, he should get easier matchups down the lineup with the and more uh, down the Arizona lineup. But uh, that King's top line ownership, man. Like there's just not a lot coming in on them. Um, I'll bring up the Los Angeles uh, top line, top stacks real quick. 5.8% top two stack, 3.2% ownership, little under 17 K getting a little expensive, but like Quentin Byfield's playmaking metrics uh, so far this season have literally been amongst the best in the league. I was looking at them yesterday. Like I'm talking in line with guys like, Matt Kachuk and Sidney Crosby as far as playmaking goes. Like, it's just absolutely insane how much he's setting up both Kopitar and Kempe. Um, you know, uh, we mentioned on the show how much losing Yusuf Balamaki uh, hurts the defensive side of things for Arizona, and I think that's pretty much held true every game. Like, Arizona gave up 41 shots to the Columbus Blue Jackets, okay? Like, this team is not going to be good defensively without Balamaki. I really, really like Kings one here. Uh, like going down, going down to Kings two is fine. They're coming in with uh, more ownership because they are a fair bit cheaper, which, you know, it is what it is. I just like the way the Kings top line has been playing basically like going back to last year. Byfield looks like he's taking another step. The underlying metrics show the exact same thing. Um, correlated on the power play. I'm not worried about any matchup from the Arizona side. So Kings one for me. Any of the top three Kings lines are definitely in play, though. Yeah, 3.5 road total, no ownership. Definitely interested. As we mentioned at the top of the show, we are sponsored by Vivid Picks, and you can get a $300 deposit match on your first deposit. Standard deposit match is $100, so you won't get this offer anywhere else other than clicking the link in the description box below. Your first entry on Viv Picks comes with a $25 secure play, so if your first entry loses... You get it refund, refunded up to $25 on Vivid site credit. 
predict whether players will have more or less uh, than their projected stats across multiple sports and combine your selections for bigger payouts. Not legal in New Jersey, but I would do it if it was. Calgary Flames with a three total heading into Seattle. The Kraken have a three total. Here we are again, man. These two teams drive me nuts. Not the most expensive line in this game is 13,100, and it's Nazem Kadri, Connor Zari, Martin Pospisil. The most expensive line in this game, which means there are many playable lines in this game. I think the Kadri Zari Pospisil line is my favorite. Uh, there's only 2% ownership. They're cheap. You get two guys in the top power play unit. That being said, you want to go to Backlund, Coleman, Huberdo? Go for it. I just haven't. I, I prefer Kadri Zari. On the Seattle side, there's more ownership there because they're at home and Markstrom is a train wreck. Ownership agnostic, I'd probably go to the Gore, Tolvin, and Bjorkstrand line. Like Bjorkstrand has been creating. He's been shooting. The issue is they're coming in almost in double-digit ownership, and their top two stack percentage is 2.3. Like, that's pretty high negative leverage. I think for me, like... Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No you want to go to like Beneers, McCann Eberle? I think that's fine. You want to just go like Beneers and Dunn, whatever. That's fine. Like in a nutshell, I kind of like Seattle here. And I like the Tolvin and Bjork Channel line the best. It's just the ownership is kind of rubbing me the wrong way. Yeah, there is a fair bit of ownership on that side. I will start with Calgary first. I did write up Connor Zari again uh, for the Picks article. Again, free to read at stochastic.com. Him and Kadri have been really, really good together on the second line. You know, they played with a few different wingers. Myron Pospisil has been there for like the last four or five games now. But, you know, they I think they had Diego Sharon Govich for a little bit. Anyways, three expected goals per 60 minutes of five on five in their time together. They're up near 100 minutes together so you know not a tiny sample like we're, we're getting to the point where they have you know eight nine games worth of ice time uh together uh 4.8 actual goals per 60 minutes of five on five i mentioned zari in our uh discord this morning because i was looking at there's a prospect model i fought follow from uh, a guy named byron bader and he's like he's one of the prospect model guys that i really trust and I was looking at his uh, projections from the 2020 draft. And that's when Connor Zari was drafted. He was like the 20 something overall pick in, in that year. The model that I was looking at had him tied for the fifth highest probability to turn into an NHL star. Um, 
ahead of guys that have already made the NHL regularly, like Seth Jarvis, Dawson Mercer. Um, I think Anton Lundell was on that list as well. Um, he was tied with Tim Stutzla. And, you know, there have been guys from that 2020 draft that have just taken time to really find their legs. Like, um, you know, Byfield, yeah, Byfield, Lafreniere, Marco Rossi. Like, there's been a number of guys that it took them two or three years for whatever reason to really start finding the stride at the NHL level, which is why maybe it just took Connor Zary three years. Like, you know, a pandemic time for a draft prospect like we haven't had anything like it since the inception of the NHL. So like, there's just nothing that we can compare it to. I think it would make sense that there were some, some guys whose development were hurt more than others. And, you know, he had a strong showing in the AHL this season, which is why he got called up to the NHL. He's got eight points in eight games. Like it's just been a really good line and they're not going to see much of the veneers line. And I'm not worried about any other matchups from Seattle, honestly, like the Yeni Gord line hasn't even like they've been good defensively, um, haven't been elite. Like you know, the Seattle top line, the Beniers line, below average defensively. So even if they see them a little bit, like more than anything, it's the power play, right? Seattle's power play or penalty kill has been pretty bad this year, and you know, not that Calgary's power play is is not like a leader or anything, but at the very least, you get Zari and Kadri both on the top power play units. So I do like Calgary too as well. Um, not so big on the top line. Like, I, I was a believer in Yegor Sharangovich a while ago. So I know what the Calgary Flames are going through. It's something I can relate to with them. It just ends in heartbreak. Um, he got moved. I think he got moved up there over Dylan Dubé for a few shifts last, last game. That's why I say that. But, anyways, so I do like Calgary too. On the Seattle side, it's just going back to the Beneers line. Like, eventually they got to break through. Um, a little bit more. They're still only shooting 5.6%. Matty Beniers has 16 shot attempts in his last three games, so he's starting to shoot the puck more. I like to see that. So if anything, it would be Seattle 1. I think I'd be, I, I agree with you. I'd be more inclined to like one-off Beniers or one-off Finstein or, or one-off Tolman and like something like that uh, rather than just full-on stack. Uh, for a full stack, I like Calgary 2 here. Yeah, full stacking Seattle is just a recipe for pain late at night. Let's talk about some more pain. San Jose Sharks with a 2.3 total. What a transition. That's why I got to pay the big bucks. Heading into Vancouver, the Canucks have a 4.1. Oh, boy. And there's there's not a lot of ownership relative to their total here. The top line coming in at 8.3% projected, or 8.4% projected. JT Miller line, 8.3% projected. Like the five on five lines are still cheap, right? 17, six, and 18, one. And I guess you can five on five stack here, but like I want a power play stack here. And that's when it gets really expensive because, like, it's, I, I don't even know if it's possible to full power play stack. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. Even Not on DraftKings. I didn't check FanDuel, but you can't on DraftKings. You can't on DraftKings. There's no way you can do it on FanDuel. They're usually more expensive, but like, Going Pedersen, Miller, Besser, as I mentioned, is around the same price as Colorado One. You can fit Colorado One in pretty comfortably here tonight. So, like, I don't mind that combo. You want to go Kuzmanko, save some salary? Go for it. Like, I, like I'm not going to spend too much time on the Canucks here. They have a 4.1 total. They just beat the crap out of the Sharks 10-1 to 1 the last time they played. Like, Sharks haven't gotten any better. So, I don't know. Vancouver power play. 
at not as much ownership as Colorado won. Okay, Sharks, yeah, fun, yay. 12-3 for the top line. I'd rather go play Dallas 3 or Calgary 2. So I think this is what's happening with Vancouver is like their top – like. Like we said, you can't stack the top power play unit. Their top guys are really, really expensive outside of Kuzmenko. Um, so when you get to all those top, like then you're putting them in line with Colorado, with Edmonton, with Boston. So like even though the five-on-five five lines are relatively cheap, like you said, 18100 uh, for Miller, 17600 for Pedersen on DraftKings here tonight. Um once you start looking at just the power play guys, then you start putting them in the same conversation as Colorado and, and, and so on and so forth. But then you have to break up your line combinations and you can't use the cheap guys. And I think that's kind of what's going on. Like the, let's just like the Pedersen line. Okay. I wrote up Andre Kuzmenko in the picks article today, just because he is so cheap. He's under 5k on DraftKings and he gets all those minutes with Pedersen and with uh, the power play unit. He's, he's regressed. He shot 27% last year. He was going to regress. Um, he's down to like 10 point something percent this year, maybe 11%. But he doesn't shoot the puck. Like he's well under two shots per game. So if he doesn't shoot the puck and he's not scoring at a 27% clip, he's basically just an assist bot, right? Like that's basically all you can rely You can rely on him for like eight DraftKings points. Like that's kind of the problem. Um, and, you know, Ilya Mikheyev really is shooting the puck a lot, but he's not on the power play unit. So it's almost like they should have their role switch. If they had the role switch, maybe we'd see something different. Um, you know, the JT Miller line, Phil DiGiuseppe is just, you know, it's Phil DiGiuseppe. And none of those guys really shoot the puck a lot, right? Um, they're also relying on pretty high percentages. So I kind of get the ownership here. I still really like Vancouver. Like, I would probably lean to the Miller, Besser, DiGiuseppe line again because although I do like Kuzmenko and I do like including him in Vancouver power play stacks here tonight because he is so cheap relative to everyone else, um, you know, he's still wearing that giant face shield. Miller and Besser um, and DiGiuseppe, um, they do get more uh, ice time with Quinn Hughes, like a larger share of their ice time, let's say. Um so I do like that Miller Besser Di Giuseppe line here tonight. I think Vancouver three is kind of interesting. Garland, Bluger, uh, Dakota Joshua. Um 3.8 expected goals, 76 shot attempts for 60 minutes so far this season, and they get San Jose depth, but you know, they are probably gonna be fairly highly owned for a third line. I don't know if I'd full three-man stack. I think like one off in Connor Garland certainly makes a lot of sense. Like two manning Bluger and Garland or something like that makes sense. Um, you know, if you, if you need cheap Vancouver guys, they are available, but I do like the JT Miller line here. Uh, nothing for me from the San Jose side. Yeah. Like, I, I'm just not talking about them. There's no not, reason. Not, not in this matchup. No. And the point about the Vancouver bottom six is a good one because the last time they played by the third period, the top two lines basically were on the bench because it was 312 to nothing. So, yay. Coming up after us at 5 p.m., NBA Deeper Dive with Josh Engelman and Adam Schur. 6 p.m., NBA Live Before Lock with Greg Ehrenberg and Eric Lindquist. 7.15 p.m., NFL Showdown Live Before Lock with Lafayette and Neil. Maybe we'll actually get a good game tonight. Eagles-Chiefs, not going to hold my breath. 
probably watching hockey anyway. We'll talk a little bit about defensemen and some goalies. Let me pull up the goalies, or let me pull up the defensemen here. Cal McCarr, Quinn Hughes at the top of the list. I like Quinn Hughes when he was like 6K. 7,700 is getting a little bit spicy. I'd rather play McCarr. Um, Yossi, sure. I really like Charlie McAvoy here tonight. Evan Bouchard. You know, Jacob Truba is getting somewhat pricey, 5,500, but this is this feels like a Jacob Truba type of game. Um, I don't know. Brandon Montour on the top power play unit now, 5,200. Who, who else are you liking in this range? I mean, uh, Evan Bouchard for sure. Uh, like, you know, if you don't want to pay up for all the Edmonton guys, I always say, like, going for Bouchard makes a lot of sense here. And, you know, it doesn't look like there's going to be much ownership on him t- here tonight. So I think he might be my favorite expensive defenseman on the board. Um, I do like Quinn Hughes, though. I mean, I know you don't want to pay up 7700 for him, but it's San Jose, man. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, no, the, the point I was thinking is, like, is the point you kind of made on on Saturday where you say, like, oh, he doesn't, you know, block three or four shots a game. But, like, this is a game where he can have, like, three points and seven shots on goal. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, so yeah. I, I do like Hughes. Like, for me, it's it's Bouchard and, and then Hughes uh, amongst the expensive guys. In the mid-price, um, two guys from the same game. Um, actually, three guys from the same game. Montour, Nurse, Ekblad. That's probably the order that I would I would use them in my lineups as well, especially with Montour jumping up to the top power play unit. Nurse, definitely a threat for a combo meal shot and block bonus here tonight. Uh, also, you know, obviously Philip Ronick if you don't want to pay up for Hughes. I'll mix in Drew Doughty as well. I usually am not a Drew Doughty guy. Um, I just think it's a much better than normal matchup uh, against Arizona here tonight, um, especially on the power play. Uh, for cheap guys, uh, Troy Stetcher, 2,500. He's been playing more minutes for Arizona, playing like 18, 19 minutes. So if you need a mid-price guy, I think he's it. Yan Ruda. For San Jose, though, I did see Jacob McDonald's going to be back for San Jose tonight, though he's a defenseman they've been using up front. So, I mean, God knows what that lineup's going to look like. Um, Jordan Spence for the Kings. Like, he doesn't play a lot of minutes, but the Kings' second power play unit has been their better unit, and they're basically splitting power play time now. So he's getting like two and a half power play minutes per game. Uh, don't mind Jordan Spence at 2700 uh, if you want to pay down. Uh, for a little bit more expensive amongst the cheap guys, Noah Hannafin at the top of the bullet, 38, 3900 running Calgary top power play unit. Also like Adam Larson uh, in that game. As long as he stays under 4K, I think he's playable. J.J. Moser, I'll mention him again from uh, Arizona. He's getting more minutes with Valley Mackey out. And Anton Lindell, or Anton, Essa Lindell, for the same reason from Dallas, uh, more minutes with Thomas Harley out. Yeah, lots of uh, defensemen. Oh, Nick says Tyler Myers multi-point game. I had him written down as well. I got to say, I don't hate Tyler Myers here tonight. This feels like one of those games where Tyler Myers just lugs the puck every time he touch every time he touches it because it'll be like a pond hockey game for him. Yeah, yeah. Like you can you can tell me that anyone on the on the Nucks could have a multi-point game tonight, and I would probably believe you, except for Sam Lafferty. So lock him in. We'll put him in our in our lineup in the fifteen. That <laughs> the slander lineup. Yeah, the slander lineup. We should honestly track that. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the best ROI of the season. Slander lineup. Um, boy, 
Talk goalies. The top end is always a scene. Like Demko, eighty five hundred needs a shutout probably. Like I can't see the Sharks getting thirty five shots in this game. Uh, Yorgiev, I guess, is fine up at the top. Like I don't want to play Bob Copley or Grubauer above eight K. Like that's just a scene. I think Linus Allmark or whoever starts for Boston is interesting to me. Igor Shesterkin at seventy five hundred. Connor Ingram always in play for me just because the Kings very high volume and he's Ingram's been good. Uh, UC Saros, if you want to ride the lightning and don't want to click an Ingram for some reason, other than that, like goalies thin today. Yeah. I mean, Connor Ingram was the guy that I wrote up. Like he had one really bad game this year. He got pulled after three goals or something like that. Other than that, he's been really good in just about every start he's had. And he's been on I think he's won five straight games, faced at least 40 shots in his last two because Balamaki's out. So he's facing a lot of volume now. So I do like Ingram. Also like Saros for his price. Like, yeah, it's riding the lightning against Colorado. But, you know, as long as Nashville can hold him off on the penalty kill, I think, you know, Saros could have a decent game here tonight. Um, Georgiev for Colorado is pretty cheap on FanDuel. I think he's only like 7,600 on FanDuel for whatever reason. So I don't mind him on FanDuel specifically. Uh, also don't, I, I mean, it feels bad to say it. Don't, if you, if you have the cap space left over and you, you know, you can fit in an $8,000 goalie. I think it's Philip Grubauer from Seattle. Yeah. I mean, you take the name out of it and the team out of it. Calgary creates a lot of, Quantity, but not a lot of quality. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. Like like a poor man's Carolina. Yeah. A very yeah. poor man's Carolina. <laughs> yeah. Goalie sucks. Goalie always sucks, though. Like, yeah. who are you looking for your hat trick pick? Uh, I think this is the second time I picked him this year. I think he scored the first time I took him, but certainly didn't get a hat trick. Um, let's see if he can pull it off tonight. I'm going with Arthur Kaliev. Nice. I gotta go back to spicy. And it's not really like that spicy, but it's a position you don't really expect. I'm going Evan Bouchard. Ooh, that'd be something. I hope he does. So I'll probably have him, I'll probably have him in my lineup tonight. So I hope he does. That'll be fun. We'll have fun. No games tomorrow. This uh everyone's saying oh no to the Bouchard pick, but listen, I haven't hit a I haven't hit a hat trick pick since like 1973. So you guys are fine. Uh no games tomorrow. The schedule is very wonky this week with uh, American Thanksgiving. Wednesday, there's a huge slate. Friday, there's a huge slate. Um, we will be back Wednesday for that big slate. So make sure to smash that like button on your way out. You're, you want to go premium, click that link in the description below. Get into the Discord. Good luck, everybody. And hopefully we're talking about you Wednesday morning. Good luck tonight, everyone. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.